power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you glory, we give you praise. Thank you for your grace that is sufficient for us and for your strength that is made perfect even in the times of our weakness. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for your protection. Fathers, we are gathered in your presence to listen to your word. Let the heavens be opened upon us. Let our hearts be made ready. I take authority in the realm of the spirit. I come against every opposition to the entrance of this word in the name of Jesus. And I pray that the word shall be cemented deep down in the spirits of your people. That at the end of a day, they shall be doers of your word and not listeners only. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. Take glory, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. Oh, you can do it better for Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank God for Sunday morning. Amen. And we thank God for Overflow Music and the worship team. Let's put our hands together for Overflow Music. They always set the atmosphere right for us. Amen. And um, Overflow Music, in case you, you don't know, you know during the night of worship, the, the throne room encounter, over the weekend I received two messages two testimonies from people who got instantly healed while you were ministering. Instant, verifiable healing. You are not clapping because you don't believe overflow music can sing. We say Joe Metal sang and somebody got healed, you will believe it. <laughs> but this is the beginning of bigger things to come. Hallelujah. Bigger things to come. Ask somebody, are you ready for the word? Ask somebody else, are you ready for the word? Hallelujah. Play the last song we sang in the background for me. This morning, I want to share with you something that I believe will help you. Amen. Yeah, the word of God is supposed to shape us in our daily walk, in our daily lives, in the things we do on a daily basis. Amen. And I believe as a church that is predominantly young, this topic is very important because many people are at crossroads in their lives where they need to take certain steps. And so on Friday, the Lord asked me to to preach this message today. Hallelujah. Today I'm speaking to you on what I've entitled making decisions in life making decisions in life hallelujah making decisions in life you see decisions are very important and very powerful there are major decisions and there are minor decisions you see we have small small decisions like what to wear to church but even for some people it's major because that's the cause of their lateness because God has blessed them with so many clothes, different colors, different designs. Some people's shoe rack is like a boutique. 
there's red, there's orange, there's indigo. So for some people, it's, it's, it's a major decision. But we have minor decisions and we have major decisions. In fact, every second we are taking a decision. Every second. As you came here, deciding whether should I go to the left or should I go to the right. And then the ushers help you by directing you in one direction. So that your dilemma will be cut short. <laughs> Hallelujah. But decisions are a part of our lives. Every, every, almost every second, we are, we are taking one decision or the other. And it's important for us to get our decisions right. Amen? It's important for us to get our decisions right. There are decisions that are easy. And there are some that are difficult. So, for example, if you find yourself in a situation, your very final exam, like final, final, final exam. And as an African, you are laughing, as an African, what? What am I going to say? You don't know. As an African, you are late. You are late for the exam. And you are running towards the exam hall. And from far, you can see them closing the door. Because they've checked the row and you are not there. And you are a female. And as you are running, the wind is blowing. And it blows your wig off. And the wind is taking your wig away. It's a decision. Somebody says it's a decision. <laughs> do I follow my wig? Or do I follow my dreams? <laughs> <laughs> what will you do? Some preacher, he said, what you will do? <laughs> in such a way, what you will do? Will you <laughs> leave the week to go so that people see you as you are? Your egg-shaped head. <laughs> you know that they do come roll another thing, so the, the head is like, actually, the ladies are appreciating the, the analogy more than the gentlemen. You want to come to the class for them to look. Because I mean, every time the wig is covering things nicely and you are looking very. And final exam. Their last impressions of you before you part as a class. Will you follow the wig? Or you will consider all the efforts you have put in. Nights of learning. And say to hell with this wig. I must make it to the door in time so that I can write my exam. In life, you have to take decisions. Hallelujah. My prayer for you is that after today's message, you will be equipped to take the right decisions in life. Because, you see, sometimes certain decisions may seem very small, but their repercussions are very big. And their repercussions are not just for you, but for generations after you. That's why it's important for you to get your decisions right. Hallelujah. Some decisions may seem very little, insignificant. But in the long run, you realize that, you know, sometimes something as small as a phone call you decide to pick can determine so much in your life. But sometimes you see some calls, you don't know the number. Like, ah, this person, I'm sure somebody just wants to worry me. But, but maybe that is the call that is coming to change your life. That's the call that will link you to somebody and link you to somebody and cause certain things to happen in your life. So it's about decisions. Life is about decisions. If I take my own life, for example, there are certain decisions 
on hindsight, if I had taken certain decisions, my life would have been so different. And by extension, some of you, your lives too would have been so different. Because you are connected to me. Hallelujah. My life could have been so different. After secondary school, I could have pursued my university education outside this country. In fact, that is what all my teachers in secondary school were expecting. They had made decisions for me. When I was younger, by God's grace, I was very sharp. Now that I've grown, my brains have calcified. <laughs> but I, I was a very, very smart boy. Right from infancy, I was smart. When I was in primary school, let me blow my horn small, to the glory of God. When I was in primary school, eh, there was a time there was this competition. You know, there, there, there's a, a Ghana association of private schools. All the private schools in Ghana had an association. And we were celebrating an anniversary. And they had like essay competitions, quiz competitions, and stuff like that. And the association was nationwide, so they divided it into zones. So the zone in which we were, the quiz competition, we had two quiz competitions. One for JHS people and then one for primary people. It was a general knowledge quiz. And I, I won the primary one. When we went for the national, we realized that there was a miscommunication and that each zone was supposed to present one candidate. So my teachers who accompanied me to the competition, the gentleman who won for the JHS, this was JSS, so let me say JSS. He also came with his people and they were like, ah, if you have a class six boy, and a GHS3 boy, and they say they want one candidate, it's an automatic choice. The GHS3, and it made sense. My teacher said, no, we think our boy is brilliant enough to do better than your GHS3 boy. So they came to an agreement and organized a small competition for us. And by the grace of God, I beat him nicely. <laughs> and so at the national level, every... <laughs> Every zone in the country was represented by a final year GHS student. And this was our zone represented by a small boy whose voice hadn't even broken. <laughs> but by the end of the competition, the small boy was on top. And the seniors were below him. The quiz master, but you see, the difference between first, second, and third was one, 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 one. The quiz master on the day was, um, I'm sure you know Dana Fariyabua the one who hosts what do you know legendary Dana Fariboa he said the competition was so tight that he wants the top five to go on national radio and have a competition like live what do you know the what do you know program so myself and the four after me this one it was live beam to the entire nation my entire zone was rooting for me Parents of my friends, everybody was rooting for me. And that day, the gap wasn't one. I gave a huge gap. By the Monday, when I got to school, my mates were waiting to carry me at the gate. People's parents had given them gifts to come and give to me. Oh man, it was a beautiful time. If there's one time I want to rewind and go back to it, it was those heydays. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, let me stop. Humility is a virtue. <laughs> when I went to secondary school, my teachers identified me as somebody who could make it into 
the Ivy League schools. So they were thinking Harvard, they were thinking Princeton, they were thinking all sorts of things for me. And by God's grace, my, my grades too were good. And so, I remember my math teacher, in my final year, when I was about to exit, he called me and asked me, so which of the top schools in the world have you applied to? I said, none of them. <laughs> he said, ah, haven't you written your SAT? I said, no. He was like, ah, why did he talk plenty? But you see, right from then, I had the conviction in my heart that my purpose was here in Ghana. I knew God wanted to do something with me in Ghana, even in my teenage days. And so my decisions were tied with what I knew God wanted to do in my life. I could have gone to the United States of America, had my university education there. But I can bet you I wouldn't have been the Dr. Leslie you know. A lot of things would have changed. If or nothing at all, my accent. I'd have come slanging and, you know, slurring and, you know, right, right. And it won't be the same. It won't be the same. <laughs> it wouldn't be the same. Probably by now, if you saw me, I'll be in some dreadlocks or something. With my ESPS then. <laughs> But I told him, I am going to the University of Ghana, Legon. <laughs> A lot of things would have been different. I wouldn't have met Mami Fire. <laughs> what it means is that my children too would have looked different. Because sometimes some people see them and say, hey, you look like your father. Say, you look like your mother. Say, hey, two ninja combined. So my children would have looked different. Possibly, I wouldn't have started Worldwide Revival Foundation. And most likely, I wouldn't have done Overflow Worship Center. So there are some of you here who are married to people here in the church. You would have probably married somebody else. And your children would have looked different. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just trying to show you how decisions can affect a lot of people especially if you are somebody with the hand of God upon your life Abraham's decision to go and take Hagar it's a simple I mean okay agreement between somebody and the wife that okay I'm not delivering so take my maid it's like somebody's private decision but we are suffering the consequences of that now because of the kind of person he was today I want you to know that you are a special person you are a great person. There are nations in your loins. There are nations in your womb. And you must be careful with the decisions you take in life. There are some decisions you can take spontaneously. Like that. Others too, you need to take time. You don't do them in a hurry. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19. It says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. This is Moses speaking. That I have set before you life and death. So a decision. Life or death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed. Everybody say thy seed. May live. The seed were not there. For the decision. But they are living. And their existence was dependent 
on the decision that their fathers were going to take. Hallelujah. That's why as Christians, we don't, we don't take decisions lightly. We don't just get up and make decisions. Amen. But you see, there are some decisions that is like, no, no, there, there, you have to make a choice. So the question is, how do you go about those ones? Before I deal with the ones that you have time. Because in life, you are confronted with things. You have to make a choice. You have to make a decision now. Things you don't anticipate, and then they just come to you. How many of you have been in that position before? It's like, quickly, no, you have to make a decision. It's a deadline or something. You need to make a decision. And you see, when you are a leader, the quality of your leadership is determined by the decisions you make. Leadership is about decisions. Because as a leader, you have a lot of options. How to react to situations. How to do certain things. It's, it's always about decisions. When I'm talking about leadership, I'm not just talking about, oh, that you're a CEO or somewhere, or you're a manager somewhere. Or, as a father, you're a leader. As a mother, you're a leader. As somebody's big brother, you're a leader. As somebody's big sister, you're a leader. There is somebody who looks up to you. Once there is somebody who looks up to you, you're a leader. Hallelujah. There are times when decisions have to be made spontaneous. It's like there and there. What do you do? Shall I tell you what you must do? You see, that is where you have to think about the situation in three dimensions. Say three dimensions. Every solid thing has three dimensions. Length, breadth, height. Sometimes we make the wrong decisions because we are looking at the thing from one angle. If I look at this speaker from this angle, I may conclude that it is rectangular. If I go to the back, I may conclude something different because what I'll see is different. If I look at it from the front, what I'll see is different. But if I put all of them together, I'll get a better picture of what the speaker looks like. Hallelujah. That's what I mean by thinking in three dimensions. Sometimes when we have to take decisions, we don't look at all the facets of the thing. We look at it from one angle or we look at it from our point of view. We look at it from where we are standing. And that is a recipe for wrong decisions. Hallelujah. One of the prayers you must pray on a constant basis as a child of God is that God gives you the ability to see things in full. And especially when you are a leader. For you to be able to see things three-dimensionally. Because if you use just one dimension to take the decision, you are likely to be wrong. Sometimes if you are lucky, a decision taken with just one dimension in mind can cover for the rest and you'll be right. But sometimes you can go wrong just because you are not thinking three-dimensionally. Hallelujah. Let me give you an example. Let's say you're a football coach. You've prepared your team. You're a Black Stars coach. You've prepared your team. African Cup of Nations. You've camped. You've probably been flown the, the team outside the country for camping. You are in Dubai or something, camping, preparing. The team has been fed. Their per diems have been paid. It's like a lot has gone into it. And then, maybe your last training. Five of your key players are late. And so you get emotional. You get angry about it. The decision, should I ask them from the team? Should I sack them? So that 
discipline is established so that people see that I'm not a weak leader or for that moment you close your eyes to the indiscipline probably deal with them as individuals but let them play the tournament this is something that calls for a three-dimensional approach if you look at it from one dimension emotion you'll be annoyed like ah look i'm here me coach i'm here and you are now walking in because you probably earn twenty thousand pounds a week at arsenal and me i'm here in ghana trying to make ends meet so in order to show that you are the boss you say okay pack your things on the next flight you are out three-dimensional thinking will be for you to look at the advantages of the decision you are about to take and the disadvantages of the decision you are about to take if the advantages outweigh the disadvantages go ahead and take it if the disadvantages outweigh the advantages it is a wrong decision to take at that time hallelujah so in that in that situation me as a coach this is what i'll think if i sack them yes i'll send a strong message but that is looking at it from an emotional point of view from my point of view but if you look at it in the generality of the situation these are key people look at the amount of energy we have spent you know there are some teams if there are some if some people are not their team their team is not a team <laughs> that's why in football i always believe in in working on teamwork and not building it around individuals hallelujah you know that if these people are, are not in the team what you want to achieve you are not going to achieve secondly some of those who will be remaining are friends with those that you are going to sack and embarrass it is going to affect them it is going to affect their general performance look at the money that has been spent look at the resources the time that has been put into this thing i'm just using this as an example for you on how to think three-dimensionally about the situation in such a situation me my conclusion will be that the decision that i want to take to sack them the disadvantages far outweigh the advantages and so for that moment i'll share that decision and look for another way of dealing with it hallelujah that is how you deal with emergency situations you look at the advantages of the decision you want to take weigh it against the disadvantages if the disadvantages outweigh the advantages it is a wrong decision if the advantages outweigh the disadvantages it is a right decision hallelujah so that is how you deal with spontaneous decisions that you have to make weigh the advantages against the disadvantages now with the ones that you have a little more time what are some of the keys how do you go about making these decisions the first one i'm going to mention sounds cliche but i'm going to go a little deeper and you understand that it's not as cliche as it sounds the first thing is to pray everybody say pray i'm sure you might oh i said that one day we know as christians definitely if we are going to make a decision we must pray but what do you pray how do you pray when you're going to make a decision and that is what i want to teach you hallelujah first of all you pray for guidance everybody say guidance give me psalm 25 verse 12 give me nlt for that one psalm 25 verse 12 
He said, who are those who fear the Lord? Do you fear the Lord? Do we fear the Lord? He said, he will show them the path they should choose. I thought I'll hear a big amen for that. Or you don't believe God can show you the path you must choose. Yeah. God can show you the path you must choose if you fear him. Amen. So you have to directly ask God for guidance. That God, guide me. I need guidance. I am confused. Guide me. That is the first prayer you must pray. The second prayer you must pray is that God order my steps. Say, order my steps. That is in Psalm 37 verse 23. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. When you pray using the word of God, it's like you are trying to tie God down. They are trying to put God in a corner to make it difficult for him to say no. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So you ask God, order my steps. That's the second kind of prayer you must pray. The third kind of prayer you must pray is to directly tell God this, that God, I want what you want. Let me take it again. Tell God that you want what he wants and mean it. Because sometimes you are telling God, oh, have your way, but in your heart you have made your choice already. Especially when it comes to relationship matters. I advise people that look, start praying before you see somebody. Because after you have seen and it has entered your heart, <laughs> you will hear what you want to hear from God. The peace of God that surpasses all, and you will create your peace. You will hear what you want to hear. I tell people in such situations when God says, spell no. You say no. Y E S. No. Because you've made up your mind already. Young ladies, start praying about your future husbands now. Young men, start praying about your future wives now. When you haven't seen anybody yet. Because our emotions sometimes can overshadow our spirit. When your heart has gone inside. And when you see him, your heart is doing boom, 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 boom like that. The boom, boom alone will silence the voice of God even if it's coming like thunder <laughs> the thunder in your heart will overshadow say, when I see him then my stomach do me black feel something inside my stomach at that point you are not objective hallelujah even if you are there bring yourself to the point where you can pray this prayer that I'm saying that God I want what you want I want what you want it is a good prayer to pray. And you see, God can actually work on your heart and help you to obey him. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. Let's read first in KJV and then in NLT. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. King James says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. This is King James English. But let me give it to you in the NLT so that you understand what he's trying to say. NLT. He says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That means God actually works actively to help you to do what pleases him. He works in your heart actively to help you to align your will to his will. You just have to surrender to this scripture. Hallelujah. I've told you several times that me, it was never in my plans to do church. itinerant ministry 
Worldwide Revival Foundation. Code programs here. Do this, that, that, that. Go as a guest preacher at revivals and conferences. That, that was what I had in mind. Until God spoke that it is time to start church. And I told God, I have very frank conversations with God. I told God that, yes, listen, it is obvious this is what you want me to do, but I'm not excited about it. So make me excited. That was when I understood this scripture. That God is working in you and giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. It is a prayer we must all pray. That God help me to want what you want. Hallelujah. And God will make you want what you want. He'll start changing your desires and, and, and aligning it to what he wants for your life. Because most of the time we go to God and we, we have our thing already and we are just waiting for him to put a stamp of approval on it. If we'll be very honest with ourselves. This is what I want. God, just put a stamp on it for me. And sometimes it's not the will of God. So we'll stay there and stay there and stay there and stay there. And that is when delay comes in our lives. That is when stagnation and all sorts of things come into our lives. So tell God, I want what you want and mean it. And God, according to Philippians chapter 3 verse 13, he will start working in you and realigning your desires. When you pray this prayer as a lady, don't be shocked if your desire for the gentleman just starts going away. You start seeing things you didn't see before. So I realize I no crowd. I can crowd. His English cry is not nice. He says more and more. You start realizing some things, and suddenly the whole like he is the one and only Prince Charming, and this and that. It will just have a tear if you win it. So, pray this prayer and 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 mean it. Career choices. Pray this prayer in a minute. Because sometimes, Charlie, we look at the figures. It's the figures. It's the Dashen. It's the Kashito Vaviana. Charlie, I'll be able to say 1,000. No, be say 5,000. What are you talking about? It is a no-brainer. It's, it's, it's a no... It's, it's like a, a, a done deal. That's why you quote the scriptures on prosperity. He desires that we might prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospered. Your decision is based on figures. But you see, do you know what it means to give your life to Christ? When you say you have given your life to Christ, it means you do nothing without Christ's approval. Your life is for Christ. That is what it means. May God give us the grace to walk according to his will for our lives. So that's what decisions we can take. But I wish one day God will give everybody a dream, a three-hour, five-hour dream for you to see what your life would have been if you had followed God. He'll show you. I'm sure it will be scary for some people. Like, hey, if I'd really followed God and not followed my own desires. But you see, one thing I've realized is that God, eh, He has a certain way. Even when you go wrong, ah, uh, he can find a way of redirecting you into his will. And may that be your portion in the name of Jesus. If you have made mistakes, may God direct your path and bring you back into his will. The people of Israel, when they misbehaved and they took a certain turn, they went out, but eventually they got to the promised land. And it was by God's guidance, his hand. And may that be your portion in Jesus' name.
So tell God, I want what you want. Now, the fourth prayer you must pray. Pray and mute two voices. There are two voices you must mute. The first voice is the voice of the devil. Say the voice of the devil. Because trust me, the devil will try and speak other things to distract you when God is saying go in this direction. When we went to Lakeside Marina during the anniversary, when the people were trying to memorize, Pastor Della was behaving like a devil. <laughs> he was saying things into the, what do you call it? The, the microphone to confuse those trying to... <laughs> So that the Wednesday people too. But he didn't know as it was going to the America. They was confusing the Wednesday people too as well. <laughs> that is what the devil does. He tries to speak things. The Bible says there are many voices in this world. But none is without signification. You have the voice of God. You have the voice of the devil. So you need to pray and mute the voice of the devil. It's something we don't do. When we are looking for guidance. When we are trying to make decisions. Pray. Take authority. The Bible says... Whatever you shall bind on earth is bound in heaven. That authority has been given to you. He says, Behold, I give unto you power to trample over scorpions and snakes and over all the works of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means harm you. That means if you say the voice of the devil should be muted, it will be muted. Hallelujah. Because he will come in with all sorts of things. Sometimes through people. You must command the voice of the devil to be muted. You must command the voice of the devil to shut up and the second voice you must mute is the voice of self voice of self because yourself when i say self i'm talking about your prejudices the things you've made up in your mind already a gentleman has come you have a prejudice against his tribe so god is trying to tell you this is where you must go but mm, these people there they are proud of these people, they are lazy. These people, they will, they, will, they will eventually marry their tribes, woman, and add to me. I've not said anything. <laughs> Some of you are looking at me. <laughs> Your own prejudices. You must pray and mute those things. Mental strongholds. Things that have been in your mind for a long time. You must pray and mute them. When you are in a valley of decision, when you have to take very crucial decisions in life. So one, mute the voice of the devil and that comes by exercising your authority and then you pray for the voice of self which comprises of prejudices and made-up minds and mental strongholds. You pray that those things are also muted. So realize that praying about decisions is not as simple as that. It's not just, oh God, help me, help me, help me. And that is it. There are specific things you need to do. The third or the last thing you do in prayer is to listen. Somebody say listen. Most of the time we pray but we don't wait and listen to what God has to say. And when we talk about listening, we are not listening necessarily for an audible voice. We are not listening necessarily for an audible voice. There are very few people on earth and in history who will hear the audible voice of God. Because most people will not be able to handle it when they hear it. I've told you several times that hearing in the spirit is different from hearing in the physical. If you have sinned before, then it means you can hear in the spirit. Because the devil who is a spirit spoke to you. 
and you heard it and you did what he wanted you to do you didn't hear the voice of the devil speaking loudly in your ear did you so why is it that you expect that god who is also a spirit you will necessarily hear an audible voice hallelujah listen listen to what god will say god will speak to you through the inner witness everybody say the inner witness it will come as an impression of peace you call it the peace of god that surpasses understanding it is beyond the mind level it is deep it's, it's a spirit thing so even though the thing will not make sense to your mind it makes sense to your spirit you are at peace the person doesn't have the right tribe the person doesn't have the right color he doesn't have the right height or financial standing those of you girls who inspect phones before you decide say infinite any technoa you want higher level samsung and iphone but you see may god open your eyes to see into the future because the one holding lower level techno today may be the majority shareholder in techno tomorrow don't you like <laughs> you don't want the phone but you want the the shareholder listen that impression of peace anything you are going to do any decision you are going to take if there is indignation in you you are battling in your spirit it doesn't settle look at it again look at it again I never saw a vision to decide who to marry I never heard the audible voice of God let me tell those of you think we men of God everything no God comes to sit in front of us Hey, come, come, come. Hey, sit down. Come, come, come. Let me talk to you. Do this. Take a pen. Right. You think that's how we make our decisions? No. Majority of the things are through the inner witness. Through the inner witness. If you ask me how we got our land that we are going to build on, I know that when it was the Holy Ghost who woke me up in the middle of the night. And I heard him, not audibly, in my spirit saying, today after work, sit in your car, I'll show you land in Latebiokoshi. So after work, around one, I sat in my car and I started driving. And he led me straight to a signboard that said land for sale and showed the direction. I have passed there hundreds of times. I pass there every morning when I'm going to drop my kids at Bishop Bowers. And I've been doing that for how many years now? I never saw that signboard. That day alone, I saw the signboard. It led me to the place. And a similar signboard was on the land. Walled and gated. Said, this is it. Call the number. And the rest is history. I didn't hear, Leslie, 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 Leslie. My son, my son. My servant, Leslie. I go collapse. Style me. <laughs> somebody say listen <laughs> Elijah wanted to hear God he was expecting spectacular things fire came God wasn't in it wind came but he was in the what the still small voice it will come as a strong impression of course there are times God speaks to me through visions there are times I mean I can have open visions I'm sitting down I'm not asleep I'll see it like a screen 
like the way I'm seeing you, I, I can see. There are times God speaks like that. But most of the time, most of the time, most of the time, He will speak through the inner witness. And you see, every Christian is prophetic. Say it. Say every Christian is prophetic. It doesn't mean every Christian is a prophet. Every Christian is prophetic. But it's a matter of degree. You see, in physics, the word resolution is about how well something can distinguish between two images. The higher your resolution, the stronger your ability to distinguish between two images clearly. When the resolution is bad, you can see two things as joined together. And that one is measured in the megapixels. So we are all prophetic, but the level of resolution is different for everybody. The ability to distinguish that not this one is my own voice. This one is the voice of God. This one is the voice of the devil. That's where the difference comes in. But we are all prophetic. Hallelujah. So there are people who are operating at 64 megapixel. Very clear, very sharp. Some two are operating at 0.32 megapixel. Like every day you are confused. May the Lord help you. Every decision you are confused. Even what to eat, you are confused. Put your hand on your head, then I bet you. Not like there's no money in your pocket. You're just confused. It's a matter of degree. How do you increase your resolution to listen and hear well? It's by being in constant communication with God, being consistent in your communication with God. I've given you this analogy before. There are some people, and when they call you, even if your screen is spoiled, and you can't tell who is calling. The moment they say hello, you know them. And why is this so? It's because you speak on, with them on the phone consistently. You don't need to ask who is it, who is talking. But those that you call once in six months, or you speak to once in six months, when they call, uh, who is this? Because most of the time, people's voices sound a little different on phone from what you know in real life. Who is this? It's just saying, oh, okay. When you communicate with God on a consistent basis, you will learn to hear his voice. That's why it says, my sheep know my voice. Why, why do you think he didn't say the, the goats? The goats, they are not consistent. They are basa basa. When they say go here, when they say then, then that's when they go and jump here and do this and do that, that. There are goats in the kingdom. Kingdom goats. They do what they like. They are rebellious. They are not consistent. Goats, they don't do their quiet time. They don't have time set for God in a day. Just uh, when some free time becomes. Or they go and hear some message. Like today, and say, Charlie, I have to be consistent with the things of God. If you're a kingdom goat, you not hear God. It is the sheep who hear the voice of God. Hallelujah. May you be a kingdom sheep in the name of Jesus. Yeah. So the more consistent you are in your communication with God, the easier it is for you to hear that this one is God that is speaking. If every day you have time for God, every day you have time, and during your quiet time, make time to meditate and make time to listen to God. You'll be shocked at some of the things God will show you. You can come to the point where you can live your day before you enter the day. You know what to expect. Because you are communing with the Holy Spirit who knows all things and searches all things. The greatest search engine is not Google. It's the Holy Ghost. 
So it searches all things. Searches all things. Greatest search engine. Anything, any answer you are looking for. Somebody said, hey, how did our fathers pass exams without Google? <laughs> now children, when they are looking for anything on Google, they are looking for your phone to Google. The children of today, they know a lot too. Some of the things my children know, when I was their age, I, I, I didn't know with all my sharpness. <laughs> I didn't know. The Holy Ghost searcheth all things. Searcheth all things. So listen. So that is with the point of prayer. So the first point I gave was that you must pray. Hey, I've done only one point. All of this is on prayer. Wow. Okay. Number two. Don't worry, I'll finish soon. Be alert to pressure. It's one of the reasons why people make wrong decisions. Pressure. Say pressure. Uh-huh. Pressure from friends. Pressure from enemies. Pressure from superiors. Pressure from mentors. Let me tell you, there are a lot of people who are living the dreams of their mentors for them. That is the truth. They are living out the dreams of their mentors. They are not living out what God wants them to to do. In medicine, eh, you can easily do that. Oh, you join a department at a house job as a medical officer. You join surgery. And they'll start putting pressure on you. Right, the primaries. Enter surgery. Right, the primaries. Enter surgery. A young lady came to join hematology as a an MO. I called her aside. I told her, hey, make sure you follow your dreams and your vision. Don't let anybody ambush you into coming to do hematology if that is not what you want to do. Because it can easily happen. And you see, your bosses can make you feel like if you are not doing what they want you to feel, you are a failure. You are not a favorite. And it's like everybody likes to be liked. Everybody wants to be celebrated in a place that they are. So you end up just doing what they want to do, you to do. And that is what happens to people who have no vision in life. When you don't have a vision, eh, you take the path of least resistance. The one that will come with the least opposition, that is what you take. And it may end you somewhere far away from where God wants you to be. But if you have a vision, and you are going in a particular direction and it meets opposition, you know that this is where God wants me to go. So you push and push and push until the door opens. Pressure. Somebody say pressure. Pressure from friends. Peer pressure. Some people chose their secondary school because all their friends were going here. So Charlie, you know, we're going to continue the brotherhood. Peer pressure. People choose their courses because of peer pressure. And you see, watch out for pressure from the voices of the majority. Because the majority is not always right. There's a Latin statement. They say, Vogue populi, vogue dei. It means the voice of the people is the voice of God. But it's never true. The voice of the people is not always the voice of God. I can show you instances in the Bible where the voice of the people was clearly not the voice of God. The people put pressure on Aaron to make them a golden calf. Almost the whole Israel. Give us a good. That was definitely not the voice of God. But he bowed to pressure. 
May you not be like Aaron in Jesus' name. Pressure. Sometimes you're in a pressure cooker situation and, and you are forced to take the wrong decision. And the truth is that when there is pressure, the devil likes situations of pressure. That's when he will praise best in making you do the wrong thing. David was under pressure and he counted the people. He numbered the people of Israel. And God got angry. That the thousands of people died just because of one day. That's why I say, you see, when you have a certain grace upon you, you must be careful the decisions you make. He, he didn't die. He, David, was alive. But other people died because of his decision. Let me show you a case of how pressure can force people to make wrong decisions. First Samuel chapter 13. Let's read from verse 5 to 14. First Samuel 13. It says, And the Philistines gathered themselves together to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen, and people as the sand which is on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and pitched in Mishmash, eastward from Bitavin. Verse 6. When the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were distressed, then the people did hide themselves in caves and in thickets and in rocks and in high places and in pits. Verse 7. And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of God and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal and all the people followed him trembling. There was a lot of fear in the system because they are seeing an army coming against them. That was a lot of people. Verse 8. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. So Samuel had given a time that I'm going to come. And they don't go into such battles and things without offering a sacrifice. And it was the place of the prophet to offer that sacrifice. But Samuel came not to Gilgal and the people were scattered from him. Verse 9. And Saul said, bring hither a burnt offering to me and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. He did something he wasn't qualified to do. Verse 10. And it came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of the offering, behold, Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might salute him. Verse 11. And Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me. It's like a pressure situation. Let me do something. He didn't take his time. Were scattered from me, and that thou comest not within the days appointed. I mean, Saul gave someone gave a particular time that I'm going to come, and the man of God was late. Say late. And that the Philistines gathered themselves together as mishmash. Verse 12. Therefore said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal. So pressure, now fear was coming. And I have not made supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself therefore and offered a burnt offering. Verse 13. And someone said to Saul, Thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now will the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. Verse 14. The sad part. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord had commanded him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Hallelujah. Saul lost the kingdom because he took a decision under pressure. But you see, I put the blame on the man of God. Why should you be late? Some way, some way, our men of God feel they have the right to be late. 
<laughs> Men of God feel they have the right to be late. It's like when the people are waiting for you. When it is time and they have to do extra praise. Just so that the man of God arrives in grand star. Then it means Charlie. Oh, a form. But it's a very, very bad. When I get to heaven and I see someone, I'll ask him. I said, Grandpa, <laughs> why did you do that? <laughs> it was the fault of the man of God. He was late. You see, there's a lot of discipline in some of the Orthodox churches because the men of God themselves are on time. You see, the service won't start without the procession of the clergy. So they are there before the starting time. So they can arrange themselves and do the procession. You understand? So they are there before the starting time. And they will not process to an empty room. If we were to do procession in this church. Are you thinking now? <laughs> if we were to do procession in this church. We process and it's the speakers and the... Uh, and a few, you know, functionaries who will be here for us to do procession. May we get the spirit of discipline. So you see what the man of God calls pressure on Saul. A lot of people would have done the same. A lot of people would have done the same. But this verse is just showing us how pressure can cause us to make wrong decisions. Wrong decisions. Pressure from friends. Pressure from enemies. Pressure from superiors and mentors. Look, the mentors in your life are important, but their voices don't supersede the voice of God. Their voices do not supersede the voice of God. Look, if I had followed pressure, eh, I probably would not be here. No, no problem. I wouldn't be here. I remember a time in my career, I went to minister at a program. One of those who ministered that day was uh, Prophet Bernard, L. Bernard. We ministered together on the same platform. And afterwards, he gave me a word. He said, man of God, this week, there's a door that is opening for you for further studies abroad. I said, okay. But when I left, I said, I bind it in Jesus' name. <laughs> no, me, I have very frank conversation. I told God, God, you know this thing I don't like. There are people who want these things. And truly, 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 that Thursday, I was at my desk, a letter. An opportunity for me to go to do a PhD. Dundee University in Scotland. Very good package. I was going to be paid in thousands of pounds a month. And I was going to come back with... Knowledge in an area that I'll be the only person in Ghana with that kind of knowledge. Say, we'll call that, 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 that. <laughs> we'll call that. Is it the pounds or is it the, the knowledge? The pound sterling, you know. The, the only currency with a surname. Pound sterling. Every currency has one name. I don't go out there anymore. Pounds telling. <laughs> oh, I just put the letter somewhere. A few days later, another letter on my desk. Bah. 
a better offer this time even a more prestigious university edinburgh university still a phd in a similar area with that one to have come back the only person in the country with that level of knowledge yes with the with the scottish accent <laughs> you see the truth is that if i had taken those things by my calculations like by now you won't call me Dr. Leslie, you call me Professor Leslie. Ah, I'll be prof. But you see, I knew that was not what God wanted for my life. A lot of things would have changed. This church most likely wouldn't be here. You see, that, that is why God will bring me back. Remember, <laughs> <Hey>, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I'm the type eh, when I'm passionate about something, I'm all out. If I decide to get passionate about academia, it must be an all out thing. That is why all my lecturing things is part time. Because if I decide to do full time, it's, me, I don't do, I mean, I'm like, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it. You understand? And it's going to, huh, Motromojo, I don't like Motromojo. But you see, I'm not saying when such opportunities come, don't go. Our lives are different. Our destinies are different. So let me make that disclaimer now. I'm not saying when such opportunities come, don't My, my cap is different from your cap. This boy, the way you are talking. I'm not saying when such opportunities come, don't go. Your life is different from my life. I'm telling you mine. Hallelujah. Because I had a vision for my life. I knew what decision to take at that particular point in time. So pressure. Some of my juniors were like, Jale. they weren't qualified to take that opportunity. Like, yeah, this one, if I had reached that level, bad, yeah, I'd have taken that Unfortunately, you've not reached. Wait for your turn. I had to let some of those things go. But I see those things I've rejected. If there are some of you that are supposed to have it, may God give them to you. Oh, I said, may God give those opportunities to you. Hallelujah. Our destinies are different. But me, to take those decisions, I took my purpose into consideration. Every decision you take as a Christian, your purpose and your ministry must be at the forefront. For me, one of the reasons I rejected it was that I felt my family was too young at that time. It was one of the reasons. Aside ministry, I felt my family was just too young. I felt we needed to be together. Because PhD was going to take a number of years. And to be away like that, I can't. Me, when I'm away from home, I'm not comfortable. When I go to Cape Coast to go and teach, lecture one week, I'm in a hurry to come back. I'm not, I, I feel like something is not right when I'm not at home. Like something not right with me. <laughs> it's like I'm in a, in a fish out of water. Sort of. I couldn't imagine myself all these years being away from home. I couldn't have done it. But that is me. Hallelujah. Maybe you, it is your heart's desire that you might see snow and walk on snow 
and walk on streets I hear glass and go <laughs> but I pray that God will direct you hallelujah God will direct you so be alert to pressure You let me skip some of the points and give you the last one so that we close time is time is time is going <laughs> time is going what is left though is not enough for a part two is a part one <laughs> part one and a half is that what <laughs> It's a decision. <laughs> Whether to continue or not is a decision. <laughs> Aim to make a good decision and not necessarily a perfect decision. If you follow this one, it will help you. Because that, that is what brings a lot of delay in people's lives. We want to make the perfect decision. Wanting to make the perfect decision leads you to overthink things. You overthink. You think too deeply. Because you want everything to be perfect. But let me show you something. Opt for the good decision. And the good decision may be a stepping stone to the perfect one. Because you see, sometimes God works in stages. You want everything to come together nicely once. But most of the time, that doesn't happen. Hallelujah. You see, there are things that God will not show you. He will just let you stumble into them. Me, I knew I was going to do ministry right from the age of 15. I knew I had an encounter with God. I knew I was going to do ministry. I knew the destinies of thousands and millions of people were connected to me. I had an encounter with God when I was 15 years old. So I knew. But the details, I didn't know all. Like starting church, it wasn't part of the picture in the beginning, God literally ambushed me into it. And sometimes that's what God will do. Especially with the things for which you have a preconceived mind. I'm sure some of you heard me years ago. I stood on big platform and said, me, church, no. I'll never do. But you see, when you've used your mouth to say something and God says the other, be humble enough to accept that you are just a human being and change your mind. Hallelujah. God will not show you the whole picture. The reason he will not show you the whole picture is that there are some of the things, eh, when he tells you early, your own unbelief will kill that vision. Your own prejudice will kill that vision. What was the name of that, um, the, the harlot of Jericho? What was the name? Rahab. Rahab was part of God's purpose for Israel to enter the promised land. To break into Jericho. But you see, how it was going to happen, God never revealed it. He never told anybody that we were going to run around Jericho and blow the trumpet and the wall of Jericho was going to come down. Imagine if the spies had gone to Rahab that as part of a plan, we are going to march around Jericho. We will blow the trumpet and the wall will come. The moment you mention wall coming down, he said, please, get out of my house. You know why? Rahab's home was part of the wall of Jericho. She would never have given them audience. 
She would never have given them accommodation. That purpose of God wouldn't have come to pass. So God had to hide some parts. In fact, how were they even going to explain to her that the wall will come down but your house will stand? What technology is that? So because of some of these things, God will hide some of the things and just let it happen. Hallelujah. That's why you shouldn't wait to see the whole picture and get everything perfect. Sometimes we overthink things too much. It causes delay. It causes us to stagnate in life. We are the same place. And you see, let me tell you something about marking time in life, especially in ministry. There is something called substitution. Say substitution. When there is a purpose on your life and there's a grace God has given for it and you waste time pursuing other things, God will look for somebody else who is ready to do it. It's, it's as simple as that. God will look for somebody else to do it. Because as for his agenda, that is, that is what is on his mind. And he has given you first option. And you are marking time. Or you are seeing other things as more important than what he wants you to do. He will look for other people to do it. I've seen that happen too many times. Look, I've been in Kolebu since 2000, 2001, thereabout. I've seen potentials. I've seen ministry potentials. People who by now should be doing a lot for God. Wrong decisions. Wrong turns. Some people followed the dreams of others. Followed the dreams of their bosses. Took certain decisions that they are still Christians, all right. But the level of impact they are supposed to be making is not what they are doing. My prayer for you is that you hear the voice of God clearly in your life. You will know the right thing to take. Final point. Talk to the right people about your decision. And the key is the right people. Say the right people. Sometimes you want advice and you go to talk to somebody who hasn't done anything in life. The person doesn't even know what hairstyle to go for next. And you are sharing just because the person is your friend. No. Such people can add more confusion. They will ask you questions that will confuse you more. Have you experienced that before? You are looking for car, you go to speak to someone, you are even more confused. Because the person is confused. Talk to the right people. And who are the right people? One group of such right people, when you are making a decision, are people who have made similar decisions before. Ask them, what did you take into consideration when you were making that decision? What did you take into consideration? What were the consequences? So you are making an informed decision. Talk to the right people. Somebody who has had to make a similar decision. Number two, someone you consider to be wise. Hallelujah. Somebody you consider to have wisdom. That people God has blessed with wisdom. You just tell you one or two things and to open your eyes to certain things. Talk to people you consider as wise. Three, talk to people who as much as possible do not have a biased opinion on the decision you want to take. Because sometimes, eh, you go and talk, the, the person's mind is already skewed. But even if the person has a biased mind, you must trust the person enough to give you what they believe is best for you because they have your interests at heart. Those are the people you must discuss your matters with. The decisions that you want to make. 
mentorship is very important in life when you have mentors in your life things that are supposed to take you 10 years to do you can you can use one year to do let me show you this revelation then i close jesus christ it took 30 years for him to be prepared to start his ministry from the time he was born it was preparation god could have just created him an adult then he'll start his ministry but he had to go through a process somebody say the process 30 years so he started his ministry at 30 years but look at his disciples it took three years for them to be ready compare three to 30 that means his disciples were 10 times faster than him in being ready for what they are supposed to do that is what mentorship does look i can tell you something that is taking me 11 years to learn in one second you sit in school of ministry i tell you this is this, 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 and it will make your journey shorter appreciate the mentors in your life be prepared to sit under their feet and listen to what they have to say when you are going to marriage listen to those who have been there before when you are going to business listen to those who have been there before don't make the same mistake read books that people have used years of experience to write it will shorten your journey and make it easier for you to make an impact 30 years of preparation he poured it into them in three years and in three years peter was ready in three years john was ready in three years thomas was ready in three years bartholomew was ready they were ready to take on the world and be the people on which the church was founded i pray that god will place mentors in your life god will give you people who will speak into your life and make things faster i pray that god will make your spirit man sensitive from today and if there's anybody here in a valley of decision my prayer for you is that in the next seven days the lord will speak to you clearly you will hear the voice of god in your spirit you hear the voice of god in your ears he will say this is the direction you must go you will take it you will move with it it will work for you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth and today we silence every voice that is not the voice of god any voice that confuses you any voice that confuses the voice of god in your life we silence the voice of self we silence the voice of of prejudice we silence the voice of 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 premeditated things and mental strongholds in the name of jesus christ of nazareth and i speak that your ears be open in the spirit let your eyes be open let your spirit man be made sensitive i want you to lift up your voice and pray right now the Lord order my steps help me to want what you want stand to your feet everybody help me to want what you want in the name of Jesus come on let me hear you pray let me hear you pray lift up your voice lift up your voice there are a lot of petty decisions that you need to make in life lift up your voice lift up your voice and pray the Lord order my steps yes Lord order my steps Lord pray that the Lord will help you to say yes when you must say no to say no where you must say no in the name of Jesus Christ Razule Babe Kalohas, I need you to be the Boho Shata Tata 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 Rapato Zababaya, Libre to Lebebe Ato Sakataya, Lateneme Kapa, Libra Tabahaya, for the steps of the good man is ordered by the Lord. Atelebe Ado Zibala, I need you in the Sandila Moshida Baha. 
And you reign forever. And you reign forevermore. Reign in my life. Father, reign in my life. Reign in my life. You are king. You are king. You are king. And you reign forever. And you reign forevermore. Facebook page, the Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed.